Hello and welcome to another episode of the RSL Random Fan Podcast. The podcast for who? The RSL fans of every age and level of knowledge and soccer experience. As you can see, my name is Brant Goble and I'm joined by, I'll point to the middle. Is that you, Tyler? Sure. Uh, Tyler Thomas. <laughs> and then. Brennan. And then. Brennan. So... So here we are. He only has one name. He's Madonna. I'm Madonna. He's Madonna of our team. And strangely enough, that is my middle name. <laughs> Brent Madonna Global. <laughs> so, so we're back at it for real this time, not just kind of like going through the offseason. We had our very first soccer game, MLS soccer game. Yeah. We saw Lake in Vancouver. But before we get to that, we want to remind people that we had the big RSL Beehive kit giveaway that Brennan and Tyler are sporting. Looks like very comfortably. I'm not. I got the old, like, it's like an old yellow. Oh, I see. It's like got a bunch of holes in it. It's like a, if, you, if you're on camera, if you're watching our YouTube channel. Yeah, you can a, see the evolution that uh, the kits are much nicer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the past. That was the whole point of this. No kit, old kit, and new kit. That's how we've got it going. So we gave our had the big giveaway, and Corinne Craig won. Met them. Go Corinne. Saw that on our social medias: uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Her and her husband and uh, lovely little daughter came down to the store. We met them, and they uh, went through a whole process of deciding which shirt they were going to get. And who uh, was going to get to wear it? And it was a lot of fun because that's when you win something like that from the team store, our good friends at the team store, you get to go down there and pick it out. It's not just uh, winning a shirt and hoping it fits, right? Mm-hmm. Totally perfect. So, so, yeah, it was a good time. And then also, we want to thank everyone that came out to uh, Cattleman's Burger Company. Yeah. It that was, was a full house. Packed the place. I think there were two seats that weren't taken, and they brought those out from the back anyway, so it was pretty great. Yeah, by the second half, it was really packed, and the food is excellent. I don't know about you guys, but I had the bacon cheeseburger, and that was delicious. Yeah, I had the pulled pork burger. Wow, that was great. Is that the cattleman burger? Yeah. I had that, too. With the really on good. it, yeah. Really good. <laughs> yep, real good. And they are going to be doing that at Cattleman's Burger Company, 8979 West, historic, historic Magna Main Street. They will be doing that every away game. And we're going to be down there, try to be down there about once a month, something like that. Um, at least once a month to give away prizes and stuff. May go down there and just watch the game as well. But uh, home games, they're going to be at the games because he's an RSL fan and it's got season tickets and he'll be at the games. But so we'll be there. You will be there on the away game. So that was a lot of fun, and we did have quite the turnout. And it got really exciting in the second half. The first half, it was nuts. A little quiet, a little quiet, but we'll get to that. So we want to get to the game. We want to get to the starting lineups. Yes? No? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into the yeah, game here. Just checking with you guys. All right, here yeah. we go. Who wants to do the lineups? So you got it? Well, I'll, I'll call off uh, the, the back line, and you can take – so in the back, Zach McMath in goal, which 
he had all, I kept yelling MVP at the TV throughout the game because he, he came up big. Uh, but yeah, so it was Zach McMath in the back. Uh, Oviedo, which switched to number three this year. He uh, had an up and down game, up and down the sideline. Jay Glad in the middle, solid with Marcelo Silva and Andrew Brody, number two on the right. Yeah, and then we had one of the Bryans, one of the 11. I think we're supposed to have a 11 starting <laughs> Bryans at some point in the season. We'll get there, yeah, eventually. Now, all with different spellings, so it's going to be difficult. Uh, so, yeah, Brian Ojeda and Loffelson in the middle. We kind of went with, uh, at least according to the graphic, 4-2-3-1, followed by Jefferson Savarino, uh, Demir Krylock in the middle, and Michael Chang, which is kind of an interesting one. Uh, I don't think anyone is alone in thinking that Michael Chang is a uh, kind of a surprise there. Right. And Anderson Julio up top, the super sub, trying to go all game. So that was the starting lineup. And then, but also we had some interesting calls on the bench, right? Yeah, yeah. We got the keeper, the backup keeper. They went with youth. The kid, Gavin Beavers, bringing in number 35 for Real Salt Lake. Uh, our old bald man, Eric Holt, my man with the same haircut. Nice. <laughs> number 20. Uh, Justin Miram, number nine. Uh, the new guy. Gomez, number 11, Scotty Caldwell, who came in late to kill the game off. Neyman, the new guy, 33, which matches my jersey number. Had a kid, Neyman. And then uh, Musovsky, Hidalgo, and Elijah Paul to finish it off, number 23. Yeah, that was kind of surprising, especially to see the rookie Elijah Paul. That was exciting. And also Gavin Bieber's, like you said. And I, I was kind of surprised. Maybe that's uh, the fact maybe we don't have a whole lot of forwards on the uh, roster right now, but to see Danny Musowski there. Um, but, yeah, it was it was nice to see. And then the other Gomez that we saw all last season, Tomas. Golden Gomez. Yeah, the, the Gomez. I think he's just a, uh, a myth of our imagination, <laughs> a figment of our imagination. Does he really exist? He in shows up. I don't know yeah. if he ever plays, but he shows up. <laughs> Good for him. He's played a couple of the games, and he looks like he has the looks like he has the talent, ability to be in the major league soccer. But we may never know. Hopefully, right? You want to see Zach McMath um, be successful as the Iron Man as he was last year. So what? Uh, any thoughts on Atlanta? I thought it was interesting the, uh, the the way we went with youth there. Also remember, uh, Pablo likes to take the kids uh, and play them on turf. He, he likes to leave the old guys home. So maybe it was a one-off. I mean, it's hard to tell because it was just the first game of the season. But to bring Hidalgo, Gomez, Naaman, like that's a lot, of, a lot of youth in there with Beavers, right? Elijah Paul, brand new to the team, uh, straight out of the academy, and then – you know, you got your uh, Caldwell, Musovsky, Miram, and I guess Holt's kind of in the middle, bridging that gap. But three veterans and the rest, the kids. So Yeah, I think and uh, we'll see how it goes, but it looks like RSL is really proud of their homegrowns. But it's like they want to have the oldest homegrowns, right? Yeah. At some point, you may have to 
insert some new homegrowns into there. Because Justin Glass going to be 42, and he's going to be still considered a homegrown on that RSL back line. <laughs> and there are also some missing players there. Rubio um, Rubin was enjoying his vacation from his red card from. Oh, don't remind us of that red card. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, Pablo okay. Ruiz, I think, is uh, trying to get uh, back from Argentina. He's working on a green card and a visa issue. And then uh, who else was missing? Anybody else? Those were two that uh, could have. Vera, right? yeah, Vera, still a couple of weeks away from even being in Utah. Then he's going to have to get fit. Right. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has to get fit. Well, I just ran a marathon. I'm fit. But no, no. not Pablo fit. No, not Pablo fit. <laughs> so any other thoughts on the starting lineup? I think we could jump to uh, uh, thoughts on Chang being in the starting lineup. Is, that good? Is he going to be there all season? I know if you follow any of the social media, Anybody that follows Real Salt Lake, there was a lot of consternation that Michael Ching was in the starting lineup. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, Brennan, I'd love to hear your take on it, though, before I sound off. <laughs> well, um, I thought it was interesting um, that we uh, subbed in Gomez for Chang um, at, the, at the, what was it, like the 65th minute or something like that. Um, but I kind of felt like Chang did actually a pretty good job at this game, um, paying attention to the way they were playing and how they were shifting. I think I think he was set up for failure um, a lot of the times. Um, every time he got the ball, everybody was so spread out and far away that he couldn't have any sort of opportunities to you know give and go or make it a, a solid pass. I mean, he the only thing he could do was go up that sideline, go as far as he could, cut back, and then try to send it in. And I think that happened like multiple times in the first half. And I think that was a big sore spot why we struggled at the beginning, um, just because of how stretched out we were. Because when we first watched the, when we were watching the start, it showed that the lineup was going to be a 4 4 1 1 with Crylock um, slightly back with um, Julio up top. And I think with that formation that we saw, it was, it was not supportive of what Real was capable of at the time. It was making me miss Aaron Herrera significantly because yeah. <laughs> Brody does, did, doesn't have a long ball. Um, Glad kind of does. I mean, I don't know how accurate it is, but he did send it down quite quite far a couple times. But yeah, I think I think Chang did actually pretty well, and <clears throat> I think he was just set up for failure with the the plan that they came up with against Vancouver at the beginning. Yeah, which is I'm weird to say because I, <laughs> I never yeah. liked that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, his assist started us off, right? Started the comeback, so that that was cool. What, what were your thoughts on the on the first half? Um, I think I think the first half was was hopeful. Um, I think it was I think it was them trying to play a certain style that they think they could, without you know having it be something that they've done forever. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the first half was really a success as far as game plan and formation wise. I think it was, I think it was a struggle to be honest. Cause you, I mean, 
you were even saying during the game, like how easy it was for them to open up our middle. Like they came up the middle so easy, like like three or four rows, just sending the ball up the center, no problem. And I think I think that was a big struggle. I think Ojeda was very uncomfortable too, and he was supposed to be our our uh, our anchor right there in the center. Yeah, we yeah. Were- Interesting how how many times I saw Ojeda and Lawfulson give the ball away. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh man, that was is this the turf? I was blaming the turf most of the game. I was yelling, <laughs> I was yelling a lot of stuff. But. Turf monster. Yeah, the first half I thought was really rough. I was really concerned because you watch the game and it looked like they were playing a four-two-four. Yeah, right. You had we had the back line and then you had. Lawfulson and Ojeda in the middle, and then you had four other people waiting for them to try and maneuver through six or eight Vancouver Whitecaps. Every time an Arkansas player would get the ball, there you'd look around. There wouldn't be another RSL player within 15, 20 yards. Yeah. And it was really disjointed. And like we were saying, yeah, it seemed like, man, Vancouver, the first half, they put the pressure on. And, um, had RSL on their heels, and RSL just was not connecting. Uh, they didn't look comfortable. Um, it was. It looked really disjointed, and didn't look like a team that went undefeated in the preseason. <laughs> Did they get a trophy for that? They should get a trophy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was. We missed the celebration. <laughs> well, for me, it was it was frustrating to watch because you had guys like Kubas, who actually <laughs> I think is going to be a whale of a player there in center midfield for them and Schoff and Gressel. And those guys were working hard. They kind of played a three defensive midfielders and those guys have some skill too. And here, here's what I saw is that every time Lawfulson or Ojeda were trying to play out of the back, they were jumping on the passes to the wings. They were trying to cut them off early so that we couldn't get the ball out to Sava primarily, and Chang secondarily. But I, I think they kept jumping on those passes, and that's what led to all those turnovers. Um, I think, obviously, those two have to be smarter with the way they play the ball, especially when there's no pressure on them. Like, there were three or four times we gave the ball away with zero pressure, and I started squeezing my face with both hands. I was like, no, stop it. You wanted you know? to go out on Magda Main Street and mow the lawns, <laughs> shovel the snow. There was so much snow, I couldn't do it. I need a lawnmower. Ah. Anyway, I, I just think that when when you give the ball away without pressure, like that, ah, my head wants to explode. So tighten that up this week, right? Get in there, work on, I think only once, maybe twice, we had a guy from the back line give the ball away with no pressure on him. So most of the time, that was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I think both Ojeda and Loffelson multiple times gave the ball away. That's why I was like, when Scotty Caldwell came on, I was cheering. Everybody else was just kind of sitting there. But I was like, yeah, Scotty Caldwell, Scotty, go get him, big Scotty. Even though he's not very big. Um, He is the pride of uh, New England, though, right? I mean, that's why we got him, because he was the the king of New England. Yeah, our swap for him for Wood was just the best trade of all time, MLS. Absolutely. Oh, wait, that never really happened. Going back to that, you know, the miscues, there was quite a few um, unforced errors and turnovers. But how – I was frustrated because they turn around and they take 10, 
they'll feel like 10, 15 seconds to figure out where they want to pass the ball because the other RSL players are nowhere near. And that was that's really frustrating me. I mean, you don't have to play the Barcelona ball or like Spain and, you know, have 11 players within, uh, you know, 15 feet, of each, <laughs> yeah, 15 feet of each other trying to, you know, Tiki-taka, tiki-taka. All the way down there. But at some point, it would be nice if you had a cohesive midfield where a player can turn and they have somewhere to go besides back to the keeper, which they did quite a bit at times, it felt like. Because that's – so, yeah, I I think there's – we'll see how it goes, but I was really concerned that we were right where we left off last year and no real – cohesive style of play, which is still yet to be seen other than try and switch the ball. Yeah. It, which was a struggle to do in the first half. Um, and somebody mentioned, is there something different about that ball? Because they were couldn't get it all the way across the field. Is it the new ball? Turf. It's the so, turf. I blame the turf. It's the turf's fault for us. Well, so, also on top of that, so in the first half, it seemed like with the addition of Demir – it felt like, you know, they were trying to be like, okay, we got Demir in here. Now we're going to switch back to what we used to do, which is send it into the box. Demir is going to walk on turf like he walks on water and jump as high as possible and hit that ball into the net. And it seemed like we would dish, we would get it to Saba. He would be at the top of the box. And instead of feeding it, you know, to go goal line, he would try to cut in and send it into the box. And we did that probably about six to seven times in the first half, and it was not very successful at all. I mean, Vancouver's back line was solid um, in that whole first half overall. So I think I, I think that was probably another thing was now that we have that option, we were trying to use it, but we did not. I mean, we haven't used it in over a year. So it's like, is that really a functional game plan going forward? You know? And... And I wonder, this is a, this would be a question or not necessarily a complaint, but an observation that it seems like Pablo's system over the three years, this is his third year, right, is very player dependent. It almost feels like he wants, you get the ball to Sava, do something with the ball. You get the ball with the Demir, do something with the ball, and and. There's the other RSL players are just kind of waiting for Sava, somebody do something with the ball instead of playing off each other and making more runs, opening up space, which we did see later on. But is that a valid complaint, Tyler and the experts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I was just looking up the stat here and, and – <laughs> It kind of goes along with that. Like the shots on goal were seven to seven. Their shots were 18 and ours were 11. So what we shot, we shot on goal. We shot on frame in our attack. We, I think the possession tilted towards the end of the game when we kind of went ahead and they kept possession a lot after that. But um, what really jumped out to me was I think three quarters down the page here tackles one. Um, or duels one, sorry, duels one, 52 to RSL, only 31 to Vancouver. So even though we were a little shaky giving the ball away here and there, 
when we went in on, you know, 50-50 balls, we were coming out winning them. And I think that is what Master Wendy really, really loves is he calls that grit. You know, when you get in there, it's a 50-50 ball and our team comes away with it. And so for me, him seeing that stat um, after the game and knowing, wow, I guess we did win a lot of one-on-one battles. We, we pulled out a lot of those duels, you know. We even had 11 tackles, one to their eight. So, you know, you look at that and you're like, okay, you know, our crosses were even. 18 to 17, they had one more, uh, but pretty much the same. So for me, like, that's kind of the gritty performance I think Pablo wants, especially on the road. Yeah. Um, is Brandon, that going to think about that, dude? <laughs> well, no, I, I was think... just going to ask. Go ahead. I was going to ask, Brennan, uh, is that the kind of play, though, that is going to win us MLS, MLS Cups? Well, no, um, I think anybody that has a solidified plan as, as far as that, you know, like, oh, we have to be gritty the entire time or, oh, we're just going to send it to somebody and have them you do something to the ball and then we'll wait for it. I think any sort of plans like that, if we continue and not be adaptive to every team, we're, we're never going to win a, a cup. But, I mean, you could say that to any team. Um, a lot of the coaching strategy needs to be altered based on what's information's given. Um, and I think Vancouver playing so so aggressive towards our back line, um, I think at, at half he made an adjustment that was very, very smart. Um, he did change the formation a little bit. And then he also, he didn't, um, he changed the way we were sending the ball in. You know, we worked the ball towards the goal line and then shifted back, which opens up a lot more windows. And I think that's where we become more successful. Um, <clears throat> so I think overall, I mean, I know there's a lot of Pablo haters, um, but I think now that we have bigger pieces that have come back, I think it's just a trial and error. You know what I mean? I think it's, oh, Demir's back. Let's see if we can get something working for him. It didn't work. We adapted. And then Demir still got a goal. So all those Demir lovers are going to be like, yeah, he's back. It's awesome. It's amazing. But really, the whole reason we got that goal is because Savarino was gritty. Saverino yeah. played his ball, and I think it's a double-edged sword for Pablo to rely on a player's natural ability to play on the ball. It's it can work, and it also can devastatingly not work. But I mean, it's you just got to adapt overall. Right. So the first half wasn't a ton to write home about, at least for RSL, especially on the twenty-fourth minute goal uh, for Vancouver. Off, uh, was it a set piece or a corner? Something like that. Oh, no, it was like corner. off the top of the box, wasn't it? <clears throat> no, I think yeah. it was a. Was it a set piece or a corner from the left? Corner. And it came in and. Zonal marking. Somebody, oh, yeah. either, <laughs> somebody or, let. Or it was man to man marking it and Ojeda just stopped. Oh. And then all of a sudden, Glad's there with two guys, and he's like, oh, I guess I better come to the front, try to well, stop was, this guy. There was three of our players just chilling, watching the ball go in the goal that weren't even in the in the small box. Like, it was terrible. Yeah. That's a hard one because you run into your own goal to win a header, you know what I mean? And I, the communication between the keeper and the defenders has to be spot on. And the defenders got to run until the goalie calls them off, you know what I mean? Like, you can't be – sitting back, you've got to attack the ball, right? Or the other team has a huge advantage. So 
that's kind of what happened. Gressel puts in a sweet ball from that corner, and it just found Brown. And he just got after it. Glad couldn't get there in time. He was just, you know, a step and a half away, but his guy was behind him. So it wasn't Glad's fault. I think it looked like it was because he challenged for the header, but Ojeda let his guy run. Yeah. Yeah, well, also, was Julio involved with that? Or um, Julio, was, we, we were yeah, Julio wasn't one of the uh, him. <laughs> one of the spectators on that play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So RSL goes into halftime. There was a definite uh, uh, when Vancouver scored in the room when uh, we were watching the game. But halftime, anything you guys want to? Bring up a halftime. I thought it was interesting to go after the ref for the only, only thing that I thought the ref did not great is Loffelson got up ended four or five times, and he's the one that ended the half with the yellow card. So I was like, I don't know about that. It just didn't seem right, but whatever. The, you know. He got the yellow card because he was pulling the player back on a, on a, I know. Yeah. On a breakaway. But, yeah, there were um, – I pulled up the uh, – Referee in the assignment, and we had Peckmick. Uh, Peckmick, and uh, he was in the center, and we had Michael Barwigan and Gianni Fracchini. 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 And then uh, the fourth official was Philip Dujic, and we did have Jair Marafo. Jair Marafo as the VAR, which didn't come into play. But I looked him up. That was his 23rd appearance in the middle uh, as an, a referee in Major League Soccer. His first uh, game was in 2020. So, But overall, I thought he did. Yeah, then he disappeared after that, which is that, what you want. That's what you want. You, you don't even want to talk about the officials, and we'll keep track again this year. But last year, I think what one, two calls in the entire in the entire season that had any real effect yeah. on the um, outcomes on the outcomes of the games, or could have been Toronto. Yeah. So, I keep thinking about Toronto. Yeah. I know, mm-hmm. you know that little that little rookie kid that embarrassed Demir and made him feel so bad he hurt his back, and so yeah. then he was out the rest of the season. It was the cool hair, man. He got away with it because of his cool hair. Let's see. That's what I think. <laughs> oh, there was a couple other things, too. Uh, Julio Benitez, the uh, one of the young midfielders that uh, people were talking about, he is on, he is on a season-long loan to Madison and I think USL2. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, I think it's the USL2 team. So he's going to be um, – yeah, hopefully getting a lot of playing time there. Yeah. So, any other halftime things we want to talk about? Not necessarily directly at the game, but RSL related. Well, a lot of people are talking about the jersey and how it looked on turf, and I think it's going to look different on grass. But oh, it looked. Awesome. It was. A, it looked green. It looked like we were looking for the Seattle green. Sounders. I was like, "What is this?" I started following Vancouver's jersey because I was like, "Oh, okay. Oh, we're not. Wait, what?" Like that doesn't make any sense. It's an awful color on turf. It's terrible. Yeah, a couple of people sitting there too were like, "Hey, I keep thinking we're the white team, you know? Like <laughs> this is weird to see the yellow team and cheer for them." But hey, 
I, I thought it was great. I think it had a, a funny glare off the turf, but I think it I grabbed could have it. Been, it could have been. I was looking around at the other TVs. Uh, TVs, like, because he has, what's he got? Five or six of them in there. There's plenty of yeah. plenty of places to watch the game. And I think the TV next to the one we were watching, uh, the the color was a little truer. Mm. So, um, just like anything else, you just have to. So it might just be our experience and nobody else's. So it could, be. yeah. But it did look green, which is. If you weren't at Cattlemen, you probably thought it was gold. So. Well, you never know. I mean, who? Nobody ever adjusts their TV screen until something like this happens. So, how come it's green? Exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah. And then also, looks like uh, Real Monarchs keeper Fernando Delgado wins the U17 CONCACAF Championship with the Mexico Youth National Team. I watched a few games of that. Uh, it was on when it was on TV, but uh, Dando. congratulations! You know, Anything? we should we should, uh, we should get you a job as an announcer for Real Salt Lake. You have a very good voice to project. I think that's uh, <laughs> very good of you. Yes, well, so I gotta have some talent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, uh, it's like. Uh, my, uh, if I have a superpower, everybody probably thinks they have one superpower, and the only one I really got was finding a good parking spot. <laughs> I tend to get a good parking spot. <laughs> that's it. That's that's good. The, though. I mean, that's, it's uh, it's up there, you know. And that's even without a handicap sticker. So yeah. Well, Brennan got good looks, so that's that's good for him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, he knows he knows what the future holds for him. <laughs> and it, it's not good. Hang on to what you got now. So anyway, any, any other thoughts on halftime? Uh, we talked about our at Cattleman's Burger. That was a great time. I don't think I was really surprised. We had a great turnout and yeah, awesome people came, and I was yelling the most, so that was good. No one is yelling more than me. So, yeah, you are you're a very nervous watcher. You you tend to walk around and talk to people. I know, and, right? I'm like oh, rubbing I, my head, stuff, chill, and you're somewhere in the middle. Huh? I like to stand there and watch the game. Like even if when I'm at home, uh, if, especially in the later in the season, I'm like right there standing in front of the TV, just kind of like mm-hmm. kind of like I am at the uh, at the game. But also, too, I, I just wanted to point out, I didn't count, but uh, we gave away at least seven RSL hats. We gave away stickers. Um, I think gave it was a- the 12 winners. Like, we gave away a lot of stuff. Almost everybody was there. I, I, we brought a load down, and almost everybody that showed up won something. And then the, there's a couple of kids at the end that didn't want to keep the, the can cozies. But we gave them everybody the opportunity to win something. Stickers, scarves, um, uh, water bottle. We gave uh, Steve Lan- the whole water bottle. Lanyards. Um, oh, those are actually cool hats. They weren't the dumb hats. You got a couple of cool, like, ladies' hats that had the um, silver and embroidered RSL patch on the front. Their new uh, golfing hats were really cool. Yeah, really bright. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, thanks to the RSL Team Store for donating a bunch of that stuff. 
And also to the RSL outlet store for having those flash sales all season because I still have 10 or 15 hats that I bought to give away. So there's plenty to give away at the upcoming watch parties. So thanks to everybody that joined us there. Yeah. Anything else? We want to jump into second half? Let's jump in. All right. Second half. Started off with a bang. Yeah. So when did we first score? Some some back and forth slide tackles. A little bit of not 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 any like pushing stuff. Nobody was like, you know, getting hot, it didn't seem like. But there there was a little bit of kicking going on here and there. But mostly just fouls, no yellows. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, a little bit after the Vancouver goal, it seemed like RSL calmed down, and um, then we started to play a lot better. Especially in the second half, it seemed like we really uh, came out and played differently in the second half. Which was kind of, we were talking about before, a little different. The knock, I feel, has been RSL plays relatively well in the first half, and then the opposing team makes some adjustments, and then we are late to make any changes. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of started playing out in the 66th minute when they subbed out to Home, who had in the first half, I think, five chances, even one one-on-one with McMath, and he ended up just kicking it right at him. Oh, oh yeah. Asked me box pretty much and had to play big, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think McMath saved us in that first half. It could have been two or three by halftime, honestly. So coming out at one down, I was like, you know what? We still got a chance here. We can pull this out. Yeah, there was one play that uh, Silva got turned like a top. And I think that's one you were talking about where he, uh, the Vancouver player ended up one-on-one with McMath. He came out big and uh, really stopped saved us from going down 2-0. Yeah, yeah, he had a really good game in my book, so. Yep, yep, and then, you know, Vite came in. He didn't do much. He he definitely wasn't Dahomey. homie. So I, I thought that was an interesting sub in the 66th. Didn't they but, sub out the guy who made the goal? Uh, no, Dahomey got oh, subbed out, and uh, I think it was uh, the goal. Brown was, was the goal. Brown, yeah, yeah, Brown was the goal. Yep. So, yeah, and it seemed like you could feel it coming because we started to notice that, man, RSL is in their, in their end uh, for a t- good 10, 15 minutes before the goal. They yeah, we were holding pressure, down pressure and pressure. So uh, it felt like that uh, Pablo did a good job at halftime because it felt like and looked like a different team. Well, it was good of, of Sava to be like, hey, you know what? I've swung a few of these corners in and not a lot's happened. Let's try a different angle. So he knocks it back to Chang, who was kind of just floating back there and not really anybody on him. So he steps up and everybody kind of resets for the corner. They pull up just a little bit. So so Chang gets the ball out there. He takes that touch. The guy doesn't step real hard. and He's like, great, I'm swinging it to the back post. He lobs that ball in, and it was a it was a really good cross. It was a in swinger swinging towards the goal because he's left footed and it was on the right side. So he swung it back to his left foot, whipped it in. Um, I think they thought we we're going for Silva and Krylock who were in the middle. Yeah, Demir. 
And so the defenders kind of slid to him and it went over the top and Glad just kept following that run. And then the Vancouver players like throw their hand up in the air like he was offside. And I'm like, wow, like they really didn't see his run at all, dude. Like, no. <laughs> like he was just camping back post. <laughs> yeah, he was almost in the 18 when the ball was started getting swung in. Like it was anybody's ball, but it was Glad's ball because Glad is the man. And he followed that all the way through and in the end got a tap in at the back post, basically. He's that done that. Crazy. He's done that quite a bit. I mean, I think that's kind of his style now is is taking that outside run and getting with all the leftovers. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what yeah. brought out his first grandpa dance was that back yeah. was that back post put in. So and the ball from Dang was right in the dangerous spot because it went over the head of everybody and it hits the ground right. And um, was it the second bounce or just right off the first bounce? It was right off the first. Yeah, just off the first, yeah. And Glad's there to tap it in. And unfortunately, I think this was the biggest disappointment of the whole game. Glad scores. No grandpa dance. Everyone. Everyone was waiting for that. I mean, how do you let us us down like that? Get those elbows up, Glad. Come on now. It's not like you scored and they were up four to one, right? Like, it wasn't the, you know, it was the game-tying goal. It makes me want to return my bobblehead. <laughs> the whole reason I got the bobblehead is because I'm expecting the dance. And there was the opportunity, and he was too serious. It's whatever. It's fine. Yeah. We hire All you for business. one job. All business. You don't play. Yeah. So. And then so. Um, a few minutes later, three minutes later, it was like in a five-minute period, we had the second goal. RSL didn't let up. That's the most dangerous time, right? The five yeah. minutes after a goal – is the most it feels like the most dangerous time because you you relax you let up and the other team is now more motivated, but RSL continued the pressure. Yeah, Sava was bringing it down, man. He got a couple like you run at Sava, dude. He's gonna go right by you. It's it's fantastic to see. He just whoop whoop, you know, rolls by a couple guys. Center back comes across to cover. And he slides it off to Krylock, who knows he has to hit it one time, uses his left foot, and just bangs it into the side netting. It was a fantastic RSL goal. Like, that's that's our meat and potatoes right there, man. That's man, that's your yeah. breakfast cereal right there. And that's, and that's Pablo's mentality, right? Let, let Sabarino do something with the ball and then dish it out. And it worked out. And the curve on that ball, it almost looked like <clears> – <throat> Might have got a ricochet into that corner there, but man, he had some spin on that thing. Yeah, went right in the side netting. It was fantastic, beautiful. Kind of the place kind of erupted. Me and a couple of people jumped up, woohoo! Chest bumping and whatever. I don't know what we did. It's hard to remember what you did during a goal celebration, but you know, <laughs> I don't know if you guys were filming any of that or not. It could have been embarrassing. But, you know, no, I. I you guys were sitting there nodding your heads, and I was like, well, yeah, 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 it, yeah, it was a little weird because when you lifted up your shirt and you had your Demir tattoo in between your nipples, it was like, whoa, 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 we got to calm down here, Tyler. We don't want to see that. I mean, <laughs> and then the, the bat, he's got the Demir tattoo under there, but right above it is the Beasler with an X through it because he's gone. So. Oh, man. It's just tape, dude. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, so, so RSL all of a sudden up two to one. 
And right after that, uh, the goal, the new guy comes in. Gomez comes in for Chang. Great sub. What thoughts on uh, on Gomez? Yeah, so it looked like a great sub. I was super excited. And then what happened, Brent? Well, no, I was just going to say, like, one thing that me and my dad first noticed was it's kind of lurpy when he runs, man. He's got that <laughs> run. But he's he's very, very quick. I mean, it just seems that he's very he's very loose when he runs. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have that dynamic, you know, really tight, quick, quick, quick. It's, it's very loose and free. Well, it seems like he has, uh, you know, it's really interesting, right? Do you have long legs or a long torso? He looks like he has really long legs and, and smaller. But he did look kind of like, oh, that looks, that's an interesting run. But there was a couple plays, too, though, that you can see, boom, he's quick. Yes. He, he came out of nowhere uh, to come in and defend down on the, the left side there a couple of times. Like, oh, he's, he's got some quickness. And I was I was kind of excited. I mean, we didn't get to see it because when we um, subbed out uh, Chang, we also subbed out Julio, and we put in Moose. But well, that was a couple of minutes later. Well, it was would be really cool. Close. Yeah, um, would be seeing uh, Gomez hook up with Julio because I mean, Gomez seems like he can get the ball and move it quite far by itself, and so I think that will help set up Julio so we can run that 2007 tactic really, really well. <laughs> the 7-7s, seven just speed, speed, speed? Just speed and speed, and then hopefully they have a weak left back or something. Or at but, least a slow one. Yeah. So that was – it was really cool to <laughs> see that he, he was capable of a lot of things. I mean, he did get a turnover there. He kind of got a little sloppy, but – Or five. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't expect much because, I mean, once again, we were kind of spaced out. I mean, yeah, we, we were still in defense I- mode. The RSL spacing just cracks, just it's very frustrating at times. But anyway, in the 76th minute, uh, RSL subbed in Sergio Cordova. Oh, wait. Vancouver subbed in <laughs> Sergio <laughs> Pantera, uh in the 76th minute. And you thought, oh, man, here he comes. Who was playing back a ways, and they went with Cordova, who they put right up top in the center. And didn't really I, – I was surprised he didn't have a bigger impact on the game. I was so but, glad he had almost uh, no impact on the I game. I was super excited that he didn't as well because it looked like it was going to be uh, – you know, he comes in, steals a – and nicks a goal, and we end up with a draw. But Yeah, that would have been the worst possible scenario, right? And then uh, we had uh, in the 79th minute, so that's when Wasowski came in for Julio. And did he get a touch? He's gonna he's gonna be an interesting one to watch. Hopefully, he can have an impact. But I think uh, uh, moving forward, Rubio Rubin's gonna get those minutes. Probably gonna get the starting minutes, and then you sub in Julio, Julio at the, later on. And then Miram came in, and this is I think this is where we go back to the observation or the question about the tactics. RSL is very individually focused. So like late in the game, we're trying to control the ball. Miram had his pocket picked. Gomez had his pocket picked. Um, Loffelson was still in. He had his where you turn and you try and go forward to take the pressure off. And there was nobody there with you because they seem like they're packed in 
kind of like the Austin game last year in the playoffs where, yeah, we want to get back and clog up the middle, but where's the outlet? And they just kept turning the ball over instead of getting the ball past half the halfway point and into Vancouver's side and forcing them to play defense and come out uh-huh. and take advantage of a, uh, you know, a mismatch or getting um, some help there. Anyway. I thought it was interesting that uh, that I didn't see a lot of balls out of the back towards the forward. And I know you can call the mirror forward as well, but four four two whatever. I'm counting him as a forward. So those two guys up top didn't get a lot of balls from the back, which I thought was really interesting. Like, we didn't – I don't know if we just weren't trying to play that way or – what but it just didn't seem like either maybe they weren't showing like you were saying brant or maybe they just didn't see him yeah not a lot of balls going forward yeah and then we had a couple more subs uh in the 88th minute hidalgo came in for brody and caldwell came in for ojeda and you know i just really didn't get the feeling that vancouver was pressuring or you didn't feel the goal coming. If it was, it was going to come out of nowhere, but it didn't feel like that Vancouver was incredibly dangerous through the rest of the game. Yeah. Did you feel the same? Or? Yeah, I love that. I mean, there were a couple times where I was like, ah, we're giving the ball away. But even when he gave the ball away, it didn't feel like, except I think once, that there was any chance that they were going to get in on goal or whatever. And I think they subbed. Uh, for strength, and, and Cordova's a big dude, you know, and so I think that's why they subbed Brody out towards the end to get Adalgo in there, a little bit bigger frame, and be able to, you know, physicality up against him. So I think that was a good sub. We did seem to be bringing in smaller players. Uh, yeah. It's almost like, yeah, let's be the smallest team in, the, in Major League Soccer. But one comment I think Brennan might want to expound upon, it was – Sergio Cordova. And, oh. Uh... <laughs> Are you talking yes. about his, his header? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, he did that quite a bit with, with us last year. You know, there was a lot of games where he would go up for a challenge. <clears throat> and it would just get the lightest of taps. And then he would hold his head like, oh, man. Oh, I got hurt trying to, like, draw a foul. And it happened in this game against us, which was kind of funny. I thought that was a little ironic. And you watch it, and his arm, was it Silva? I think it was Silva that went up with him. His arm didn't go anywhere near his head. Like, if it did, it barely touched the back of his head. And he went down, and he was trying to play for the card. But since um, Brody got subbed out for, you know, taking, right. that, taking that corner to the forehead, that they had that concussion protocol, they were like, oh, no, no, we got to – the ref stopped the play and was like, hey, check him out, because if he got hit in the head, he's got to be – concussion but the moment he did that Cordova heard it and then stood up and was like oh no I'm fine I'm fine like totally playing it off and then they still had to send out the people because you know the ref already called it and so Cordova was super pissed off and it was kind of just yeah. ironic because it's like dude you were trying to you did that all the time last year and it never worked I mean I think he got like one call back when we had to like tape his forehead you know what I mean you remember that <laughs> yeah. tape his forehead? I think we did that like yeah. twice but yeah, it yeah, was just like you got to get knocked out then. But like yeah, that's but... <laughs> that's his tactic. I mean, it was it was a little a little frustrating, but it was funny. 
that you know like oh yeah well you were pretending but guess what you still have to go off the field for a sec buddy so, yeah it totally but, backfired on him for sure on that one i was laughing because he was like <laughs> then he was angry he was like what i don't have to go off what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah and then they kept looking at him on the on the sidelines so yeah that kind of backfired for him but yeah so um it didn't feel like vancouver like i was saying that they were uh, very dangerous at all, and uh, RSL managed when they went up two to one. I do think we'll see how this plays out during the season. I do think that Pablo has a tendency when to, to get a lead to really focus on keeping that lead as opposed to extending the lead. You know, well, there's a balance there. You don't want to you want to overextend and go to three to one and end up two to two. But I think you find the balance there. You're better off trying to still continue to score focused on defense, but using that offensive mindedness to play defense and keep the ball away from Vancouver. Cause we talked about all of the turnovers um, because RSL had the ball and no outlet because maybe they were all crammed in the back there. But anyway, well, I did think that there was a positive in, in that, you know, um, I think um, towards like what the last six, seven games when it came to Real Salt Lake is when we had a we had a lead. Let's change the formation. Let's put five people back. Let's you know only put two people up front. Everybody else pack the house. And it, we didn't see that this game, which was really really exciting because I mean it's small progress, really really small, but it's enough. You know what I mean? We didn't we didn't try to pack the back line. We didn't you know we still try to move forward. And I feel like that was definitely Pablo's weakness was, oh, we're just going to put as many guys back here as we can, block it, and end the game, which is really boring soccer. You know what I mean? Like, it's awful, you know, and, and the great teams don't do that. You know, the teams that are top three in the MLS leaderboard, they're not dropping to five in the back after they're up one. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're still playing the game, and they're, they're, they have the confidence. And I think that's what lacked last year was Real had zero confidence being in the lead. And I think that's why most of our wins came from us down. It's because we were playing, you know, no, like we're not playing defensive. We're playing our, our game and trying to score. So I think there was some positive there, but you could still tell that Pablo doesn't have full confidence in that, which is a down, but positive at the same time, you know, half glass full. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. The other thing I thought was a little strange uh, was zero uh, minutes at halftime and seven minutes at the end of the game. That seemed <laughs> right. Like, it, did they just tack on the two or three minutes from the first half to the end? For the goal on the yellow card, yeah, they missed those. Yeah, yeah that was a little frustrating, especially because we were starting to get the we were starting to get the vibe of going forward and stuff. So, yeah, that was frustrating. So, looking at the stats, we talked about a little bit RSL with forty four. Uh, percent uh, possession. Vancouver ended up with 55. And most of uh, Vancouver's possession looked like to be at the very first of the game, the very end when they were down two to one. But RSL dominated the the middle part of the uh, the middle part of the game, and uh, which the which was the important part. And as you pointed out, we both had seven shots on goal, even though they had more shots. And uh, any thoughts on players who played the best for Real Salt Lake? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for me, it was uh, Glad and Silva in the back. Um, you know, they didn't give the ball away 
And even when the ball did give away, they didn't give up a ton of shots that shouldn't have been given up, right? Like there were a couple times they had to slide across and somebody snuck in behind them and their back, outside back wasn't back in time. But you, you got to trust your team. You know, you can't, you can't, you got to guard the guy closest to the goal. And, you know, they, they did okay in that situation. Uh, but for me, I think McMath was the player of the game. Yeah, he did really well. I was going to mention that. And Silva, he had one Silva-esque tackle in the first half where he came right across the box and like, oh, and uh, didn't hit the – I guess he uh, got to the ball first and it wasn't uh, anywhere near a penalty or a foul or anything. But it was nice to see Marcelo Silva getting, getting his tackles in there. Oh, right? he had a- <laughs> Amazing header that oh yeah early in the first half legs that was that was so lucky that that did not go in holy cow that Silva like barely got enough space and just pounded that ball it was awesome and okay, kind of gonna give you a hats off to Takioka that was his first start um, as a goalkeeper and he's also the first Japanese goalkeeper in MLS history which is kind of cool but yeah he had an amazing game. Yeah, he played out of his head for it. He made some good saves to stop some goals. What about you, Tyler? Okay, Tyler went with Zach McMath and uh, the two center backs. Anybody else stand out in your mind? Well, I, Tyler? Oh, yeah, sure. I, <laughs> whoever, you know. All right, Brennan, Tyler, so is there anything else that you want to talk about, Brennan? <laughs> um, I think Kassava, obviously, is the – Offensive MVP. He had the most chances. He created the most. He was the most dangerous on the ball. I think by far he was our best player going forward. I agree with that. Um, I think uh, the undercover, the dark side, the best player of the dark side, meaning um, he did dirty work. You know, he wasn't the star of the show, but without him, I don't think we would have been successful is Mikhail Chang, which is terrible to say, but um, it's true. Um, I almost threw up as I said it. Just kidding. Um, I think, I think realistically he did a really good job. I mean, it was a, it was a good game by him. I think at the, in the first half, nobody was there to assist him. So it wasn't like he could do much, but still move the ball up the field. Um, without his cross into the box, we wouldn't have gotten a Justin Glad goal. Um, yeah, I think it was a I would think it was a good showing from him. I think he was the dark side winner. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you there. I mean, he did get the assist. And if you look at it, I mean Brody, Lafelson, Ojeda, uh, Julio, uh Oviedo, all of them had some weak points during the game. There was a lot of turnovers. Uh Julio um as we were watching the game, Brennan's point out, and not getting in and Deep. sticking some tackles, going for some balls. Um, maybe he's still fighting an injury. Somebody's, that might have come up. And, you know, even Demir, um, he he was kind of – lot of, a lot of the players were a little invisible in the first half and trying to find – I mean, Sawa kept coming back. Um, the second half was much better in the first half. But there, there's still some concerns in there. Um, I don't know 
I guess, you know, the, for me, McMath, I was going to say McMath probably had uh, a good game and kept us in. Uh, was probably the reason we weren't down three to one, three to nothing at halftime. And so yeah, overall, second half much better than the first, but there's a ton of room for improvement, especially next week against Seattle. Um, this could be a real uh, early, um, what's the word, kind of like doozy, doozy, but uh, uh, a level finder, right? Because uh, Seattle just took apart Colorado yesterday, four to nothing. So our is Vancouver did RSL beat a bad team in Vancouver, and RSL and Vancouver are just kind of at a certain level, and then we'll find out if RSL is a contender next week, perhaps, for having a decent season going up against uh, looked like a revitalized and ready to go to town Seattle, which I was totally surprised. Yeah, they looked better than – I mean, Phillies beat Columbus 4-1, to one, but they had two PKs called, and I thought both of them were shady at best. Um, but you know, whatever, no one knows the hand rule anymore and they keep changing it. So whatever. Uh, so Philly got two bonus goals in my opinion, but Columbus was hanging with them for a long time. That was kind of the fun part about Apple TV was you're able to jump between games. I was like, Oh, they scored in DC. Let's go see what happened. And I watched that game, rewound it and got to the goal, watched it, the whole setup, everything, the way I like to do it. Jumped back out, went over to the Cincinnati game. They had scored. Let's see how that went. You know, it it was great. I didn't have any latency. There was no slowing. There was no pauses. It was all (laughs) There were a couple of times, though. There was a couple of times where the video froze, and you could hear the – everybody goes, oh, oh, like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, when we were sitting there at the the, the Cattlemen's, yeah. But I didn't have any of those problems at home when I was flipping between the other games before we went down there. And I and there were four or five games simultaneously, maybe six, that, that were I, all being played at the same time. So I was, watched a little bit. Uh, we watched uh, – I was just trying to, you know, see if I could get Apple on the TV downstairs so we could watch the games and pull it up. And it was right after – they were doing the highlights of Seattle, Colorado. And, and my, my wife was like, Wow. You can read the numbers on their on their jerseys. Yep. I think that the presentation is clear. It's better than the Premier League stuff we watch. I think the the visual, maybe not the presentation. I mean, it's it's brand new, but actually, the actual experience of watching the game is is going to be really good. I mean, it's. I was really impressed. Well, yeah. it's nice to be able to, you know, fast forward and rewind without any like issues and like having to start the whole thing over to play. Cause like <laughs> with, to watch uh, the whole pregame, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> it was so awesome. Well, when the real game started, um, I was watching Seattle and uh, which, what's their buckets? Um, Colorado. Colorado. No, that's in Colorado. <laughs> No, it was Seattle and Colorado played Sunday. Oh, St. Louis and Austin. That's what it was. Yeah, Austin. And And somebody said that the St. Louis just won. I was like, what the heck? They were down two. What the heck? And so, like, went on Apple TV, clicked it, 
And I was able just to fast forward to right where I stopped watching. And I was like, there's no ads. There's no like loading time. Like it was just there. This was awesome. And that, um, that second St. Louis goal, that is one of the funniest goals you're ever going to see. The Austin guy turned around and passed it right to the St. Louis guy in the box. It was like, oh, betting, betting can do that. You know, if you start <laughs> betting on games, it's going to change the way you play the game. You know, you're going to give away freebies. So look, looking at the other scores, Nashville beat the dreaded NYC FC, 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 two to nothing. Atlanta, they got a player, that guy that came in and scored two goals in yeah, stoppage time. Both in stoppage time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the third and ninth minute, they beat San Jose two to one. New England beat Charlotte one to nothing. Cincinnati beat the uh, Tate Schmitters um, in Houston. He scored a goal, dude. Yeah, Schmitters scored for Houston, and Corey Baird started that game as well. Cincinnati won two to one. The Wayne Rooney's of DC United three two over Toronto, even though Toronto has the better kits. Um, Miami two nothing over Montreal. I think there's. uh, Miami might be a team to watch this year. Orlando won nothing over the Red Bulls. Philly, like you mentioned, four to one over Columbus. St. Louis, the expansion team, with a surprising three-two victory over everybody's favorite to win the whole thing, uh, Austin. Well, we also have to say their kits are better in person. Yes, we we were we were we were dogging on their kits when we were looking at the picture. But watching them like play and seeing that it was just the front, yeah. that and the back's green. The yeah, back's hundred percent green, and I like it from the back. You like yeah, it I... from the front, man. And it was crazy that like when we were watching the game, everyone in the stands has the brand new jersey. Like everyone, there was no old jerseys ever, ever. It was just like wow, because you know Real Salt Lake fans have like 2010 kit on, and thank you. you. Know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I have to admit, the kit looked much better in person. And mm-hmm. as there's some other things, like we talked about St. Louis. Their yeah. away kit looks much better. The, the pinstripes show up better. That's a good-looking kit. Minnesota and Dallas won nothing with the Minnesota victory. And then RSL 2-1 over Vancouver. And yesterday, Seattle with the, the pummeling of Colorado 4 to nothing. And then today it looks like uh, Portland and Kansas City play. Um, play tonight, right? Yeah, they play today because of Monday. the inclement weather. Monday, looks, whatever you're listening to this. It's, it's <coughs> on Monday. And then um, the 27th of February, and it looks like uh, the LA, the El Tráfico has been moved to July 4th. Yeah. Isn't that funny? They moved it to the 4th of July. Yeah, because yeah, L.A. ended up with just torrential, oh, rain. Yeah. torrential amount of rain. The L.A. River was plum full, which is usually that uh, just a little trickle. And, and the crazy kids drive the cars down there and rumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, how did that work with all that water? <laughs> <laughs> the scary hubcaps, man, really spreading up the sides. And start snapping and singing, right? Those were the other games. Next week, RSL is at Seattle on their horrible turf. And we'll see if... Uh, the turf game's over early in the year, right? That's that's what I say. Yeah. Let the rehab start early, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who 
who cares about those meniscus or ACL? We'll see, yeah, we'll see if uh, a lot of people were concerned. Dami goes 90 minutes on turf after a back surgery. Is he? Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was slowing down in the second half. I mean, he was, he was definitely not the quickest guy on the field. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, hopefully we use him better. I mean, that tactic at the first half was not useful whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know if it was us not using him right or them trying to take him out of our uh, – mark him out of our game, you know. And I think they're a better team than last year. I think I think they're they're much, much better, better players. <laughs> so overall, uh, I think a, a surprising victory. I think people were expecting a result. Although we did the uh, – at the end of the game, we had a, a – before the game, not during the game, but before the game, we had everybody that was there, 30, 40 people, fill out a guess, guess the score. And we had 10 people guess the right, right. <laughs> two to one. Yeah, that was crazy. And we had one RSL fan oh, guess, oh. guess Vancouver with the two to one victory. Yeah, I talked to him after. He said, you know, I just wanted to win the prize if I <laughs> lost. So it was kind of like a teeter-totter thing. I, was oh, I thought it was impressed, but I, if, if I won the prize, I, it would have comforted me. You know, I thought it was a brilliant move. I was going to commend him for that because we were it's terrible was, that he got a bloody nose, though. I mean, I don't know what happened there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Derek, uh, we, uh, we pulled from the winners, and Derek won the massive – one of those new massive RSL scarves donated by the RSL team score and the boom box. Well, a little to go little portable Bluetooth speaker, the, the preemie boom box. Perfect. If you go golfing. Yeah, absolutely. Golf cart. So So an exciting time uh, and really enjoy the game. Move on to the uh, come on Crawley update. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. At home against Carlisle, and it was amazing that no foul. Tell us the score. (sighs) Tell us the score. So many goals. You would think that would be great. It was four to nothing at halftime, but for Carlisle. So kind of like Colorado. So you're saying they got pummeled? Oh my gosh! The score ended up five to two, and it wasn't even that close. Oh my gosh! It is. The team is just decimated. You can see it watching them. As soon as the other team scores, they just come apart. They're on their fourth or fifth head coach of the year, and it's just been devastating. So we'll see. Although the week before, they played the league-leading Leighton Orient to a 1-0 away. They only lost 1-0 against Leighton Orient. The talent's there. But they then get they the same come, amount of points, though, right? So then they, like they come zero or one zero. They get the same amount of points, right? <laughs> then they come back home and play <laughs> Carlisle, who is now in second place, and just get pummeled five to two at home too. Oh. At home, yeah, and just if you want to see some horrific defending, go and watch the highlights of Crawley versus Carlisle. There was one goal, I think the fourth goal, where the guy dribbled through four Crawley guys, and it was like, you know, the guy does the the U12 slide in the box, and he, oh, geez. 
It is just <laughs> 16 games to go. We have four games in hand, though, because of some changes, because of frozen pitch and all that. So we do have an advantage there. Hopefully your teams are doing better because you guys picked the, yeah, the league-leading bandwagon <laughs> team. beat Lester. I mean, it was 1-0, and I was like, what? Trossard had a great goal, and then you go back to the replay, and uh, Ben White was holding on to the keeper's hand so he couldn't jump up and punch it. So he just punched with the other hand, which, hey, VAR caught it and rolled it back, which I thought was pretty awesome because even even watching the replay, I had to watch it twice to be like, oh, he, he stuck his other hand underneath and blocked him from jumping. It was it was pretty sneaky by Ben White, but uh, that goal that goal got reversed, and then uh, Arsenal still scored and won one to zero. So good. And Manchester United hoisted a cup. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, they beat Newcastle two zero after after a very tough battle with Barcelona. So ten. Yeah, that's a good week for Man U. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm over the moon right now. Um, if you want to look at some solid defense, go ahead and uh, pay attention to Man U during the Carabao Cup, <laughs> where they have just the best goalie that they don't want to trade. Um, and yeah, it's a it's really awesome because it's really a comeback story, not like Kim Kardashian, but a real comeback story um, of how you know that manager really changed that team again. You know what I mean? Like they're now competitors there and marcus rashford is going off it's really awesome yeah they're up to third yeah this is a family show but i will (laughs) i will hey families watch parks and rec and they've seen okay they know i was just gonna suggest if you want to see something hilarious find the outtake about uh uh, comeback story comeback story on parks and rec chris pratt it is. I know exactly where you're going with that. Yep. No, no. Just uh, quit giving the ball away uh, when with no pressure. I get if you got pressure on you, but if there's no pressure. You should not be giving the ball away. We got to fix that in practice this week, Brent. Practice. Yeah, we're talking about practice. Talking about practice. Yeah, I think uh, I will be really interested to see. The outcome next. If Arsenal gets goes up to Seattle and gets a result, a draw, or even comes away without getting their hat handed to them after watching Seattle play, I think that would be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one next week. Yeah, and the long season, but it's you always want to find out where you're at as soon as possible. So this could be a good good game to determine. Where we could set our expectations for Real Salt Lake. All right. With that, I will say thanks for joining us. That's all I got. <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining us. <laughs>